This is the Action Network Podcast. But this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello and a welcome to another episode of Strong Side Fridays. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here with Raheem Palmer, as always, getting you ready for some Week 15 action. At least we think there's going to be some action this weekend. It is a mess right now. We've got like half of the NFL feels like we're missing COVID guys up and down the roster. Raheem, what are we doing out here? The lines are moving all over the place. We're, we're getting injury news and COVID news like by the minute. What are you thinking about this week right now? I mean, it's kind of a disaster, but I think it's an example of why you need to sit by the sports insights or the Don Best screen, and you need to be watching these line movements as much as you can and trying to get ahead of it. Like if, you, if you're sitting here and you get the news, there's some slower moving books out here where you can grab the number and you don't even have to handicap these games. You're just playing against the line movement. You could have done that with the Raiders. You could have done that with the Eagles twice this week. The Eagles were two and a half point favorites. They got up to six, six and a half, seven. And you could have got that line before it got to, to seven. Today, we saw even more line movement as the Washington football team has even more players sitting out. So always watch the Sports Insight, Don Best screen. You want to know where all the numbers are moving. That's how you approach this COVID thing. And then I think sometimes you have to, you have to sit down and infer things based on what you're seeing throughout the, the media. Um, sometimes you can see, all right, this team looks like they're having an outbreak. Let me jump on that. So that's how I'm approaching it. Yeah, I think, too, you've mentioned this before, but uh, with the injuries as well, like when you see a team sign somebody or they, they add them to the active roster, like, like a Baltimore brought in a quarterback to the roster this week. Well, that's probably not great news for Lamar Jackson. You know, like you only are going out there to bring in another guy in the room if you're a little worried about the guys in the COVID or the protocol or, you know, your guy that's injured or that sort of thing. So, yeah, like you're saying, kind of infer accordingly. And the other thing, too, you've said this before, but the, the biggest advantage we have as betters is you just don't have to play. You can just not play a game. It, if you're not feeling good, if you can't get a read, if we just don't know who's playing, the books got to keep the lines up. They got to give us chances to play. They got to post all the lines, all the alternates and everything. We don't have to play. So if there's just a game or games that you don't feel good about, or even this week in general, it probably will be one of my lower bet uh, weeks of the season, just with all the question marks. So choose wisely, be careful. Uh, even today, as we're previewing games, there, you know there are other big games we would like to talk about. Seahawks, Rams, Rams have a COVID thing. So we don't know a lot who's playing there. Raiders, Browns on Saturday. The Browns roster is a mess right now with COVID. Packers, Ravens, we don't totally know about Lamar Jackson yet. So even just some of the games we're talking about today, trying to get the things we're surest about at this point. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a mess with the COVID protocols. So be safe out there uh, with your bets. Uh, we'll get to those games in a second. Uh, of course, we'll hit our week 15 best bets and our week 16 look ahead at the end. Uh, don't forget that odds as always are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the action network podcast. So let's get down to business and hit 
our first game of the week. Let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down. Let's so get down. Saturday night, I think is the big game this week. New England at Indianapolis. We've been excited for this one. Saturday football is back. I know you like that. Saturday college football is done for the year outside of bowl games. We get some NFL Saturdays coming up ahead. So Colts right now are two and a half point favorites. I know Raheem, you have the Colts on the look ahead and the hot read. I assume you are still on Indianapolis here. I am not on Indianapolis. I'm actually going to stay away from this game. Look, when I first looked at this matchup, I felt like at Pickham, I liked the Indianapolis Colts. They were at home. But when I dug more into the numbers, to me, New England's defense is different success rate. And they're seventh in DVOA on the ground. So they should be able to slow down Jonathan Taylor a little bit. The Patriots are fifth in pressure rate. So Carson Wentz has struggled with turnovers from time to time. And this is the type of team that can force Carson Wentz to do something stupid. There's no way I want to lay two and a half with the Colts right now, especially when I look at my model. My model actually makes this game a pick So what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, we know that I love my guy Carson Wentz, but let's be honest, we don't even really need defenses to force him into making mistakes. My my man goes out and finds the mistakes where he can. So that's definitely a a danger against an aggressive defense like New England. So I I guess I want to come back to this. So part of the reason that I think that you're off Indianapolis here is because this line has really moved in, in a key way with two teams coming off a bye week. So unlike many of these other games, this is not because of big injury news. These are pretty healthy teams for the most part. Nothing really to report here. They're off a bye week. They got the late bye coming toward the playoff stretch here. So I think this opened at Patriots minus two, and then it flipped all the way across the zero and is now at two and a half. I even wondered if we might get to three. It was trending a little bit that way. I'm still seeing some twos, two and a halves. I don't know if we're going to get to the three there. I don't think the books want that, but why do you think that the line swung so much? Is this just everyone's betting on Indy or is there something else happening? I, I think we saw some professional money on Indy. It's a must-win game for them because they lose this game. They may find themselves out of the playoffs. So I think that has to, something to do with it. And a lot of times you see when professional money comes in, sometimes the public piles in with it. So yeah, it's not a surprise, but I, I think we've gone too far. Actually, this line is actually coming back the opposite direction now. You're seeing it go from two and a half to two now. So, yeah. So for me, the big the big key here and the reason you and I talked about this game a couple of times, we liked Indianapolis early because of the potential run game. The, the way to beat New England is not passing all over them. Their pass defense is especially elite. Their run defense is good. But if you're given the choice, you definitely rather run on them, not pass. That's why I like Buffalo or like New England against Buffalo, because that was they're going to take away the pass and Buffalo couldn't really run. That's why we thought Indianapolis might be the right matchup. But for me, as I dug into the matchup, I also ended up fading Indianapolis. I actually like New England here. And here's here's the reason why. It's the Indianapolis run game. I'm not convinced is going to have a big game here. So Colts are number one in rushing EPA per play. The expected points added. They're doing more than the other team in the NFL. We know that. Jonathan Taylor getting the MVP hype. You know, he's he's running well. The line is healthy. So they're doing great. Their run EPA is higher than all but six other teams passing EPA. That's not supposed to happen over the last six weeks. Like, you're not supposed to be that good at running the ball. Partly, there's not a lot of teams passing super well right now. So we know that. However, Patriots defense, number one in EPA over the last six weeks as well, 
number two DVOA in the season. So they're almost as good against the run. If you dig into it on the power rush, that's where the Colts really love to get you is just power right up the middle. They're coming right at you. Colts are number eight in power rush. Patriots defensive line is number three on DVOA against the power, uh, power rush up the middle. They're good against the pass rush. The Colts are better running to the right. If you look at the numbers, the Patriots defense is better at defending the run against the right. So there's a lot of strength on strength sort of components here. The one thing that's a big mismatch is the Colts are number one in the NFL in DVOA and open field blocking. So you get out past that initial cut and they're big trouble. The Patriots are 28th against that. So that's not a key area for them, not you know tackling, stopping those big plays from happening. So that's the mismatch that Indianapolis has here. I think Belichick knows that. So I expect Belichick with the extra week to prepare, stack the box, make sure that you're not letting them get to that second level. And like you said, force this game into Carson Wentz's hands. And now if it's in Carson's hands and not that run game, now you're not feeling so good about Indy, I think. I mean, I think you really summed it up well. It's just tough to play it at this number. So I think it's, it's Patriots or pass. Yeah, I think too, a couple of trends, just a note, especially when the line is this close here and at two or two and a half, to me, it looks like a great teaser spot for the Patriots. I know you love your, your Stanford Wong teasers at this number, especially with Belichick. Belichick and toss-ups, 26-11-1 against the spread. That's 70% since 2003. Belichick as an underdog, 30-14-2 against the spread, 68% a lifetime, and 25-21 straight up as, a, as an underdog. And we know road underdogs this season have been really good too, 70% against the spread. So just a lot of trends that at least tell you to be careful of the Colts here. I know it's a big spot for them. It's a big spot for the Patriots too. They're the one seed, you know, both teams want to win. So for me, I'm not going to stay away. I'm going to play New England. I feel pretty good about this one. I think it's the better team. Indianapolis is very good, but the Colts are the better team. They're the better defense. And they got the better coach who just had an extra week to prepare. So I like Patriots plus two and a half. I like the tease with them if you prefer that way. Plus 125 in the money line. I think those are all in play here. It's, it's a big game. I'm excited to watch. I, I, the, the, the play that I think that is in play is that I think the Patriots over team total 23 and a half. I think that could possibly hit because Indianapolis' run defense isn't really dominant. So, I mean, I think the Patriots are going to be able to run the ball. And I, I think this has some shootout potential. I think we could see a little bit of a higher scoring game than people would think. So I actually like their little team total over, but I think it's something that the Patriots can definitely hit. Yeah, I don't mind that. Mac Jones actually leads the NFL in EPA and completion over expected the last six weeks. And Indianapolis secondary has been beatable at times this year. So I, I don't mind that. I can see the Patriots putting up some points in this one and it turning into not a shootout per se, but maybe a little bit more than we expected. Uh, let's go to Pittsburgh. So Titans at Steelers. And yet again, for literally like the 10th or 11th time this season, we've got Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers as an underdog. So I talked about this team a couple times already. Before we get into that, here's my question for you. Titans, Steelers, offense, defense, what do you think is the strongest unit in this game for either side? This is really tough because, I mean, when you look at all of these units are pretty flawed. I'm going to go with the Titans defense, to be honest. The Steelers have been giving up Chunks of yardage on the ground. You saw it in the, in the game against the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens have struggled to run the ball all year long, and they kind of got whatever they wanted on the ground. And then when you looked at the, their game against the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook went for 200 yards. It, it just was 
some of the holes that he was running through were just gigantic. And I think that the Titans, they are able to rush the quarterback at times. So I think they have the strongest unit on the field. Obviously, the Titans offense is taking a step back without Derrick Henry, without A.J. Brown. Yeah, it's as hard for me as it is for you, just because the answer is kind of just none of the above, like really, really nothing for, for two teams that are in the playoff hunt. The Titans are in the one seed hunt. There's just really not a great unit on either one of these. The Titans defense, I think, is at least average. They're 14th in DVOA. So that's the correct answer by DVOA standards, especially taking into account strength of schedule, which is why we like to use DVOA. They're um, also 11th for EPA for play, too. Right. They've been number two run defense for the last six weeks by EPA. So that certainly that is a strength here. Steelers run defense, terrible, really bad. The whole defense has been bad. Like we just see the Steelers uniforms and think, oh, well, it's, their defense has to be at least fine. Because literally like when in my life has the Steelers defense not been fine to good or great? Like literally never. Just always the Steelers defense is good. Not good right now. They're 31st by EPA the last six weeks. They're horrid, horrid against the run. So the problem is the Titans can't run anymore. The, the Titans are not really running the ball that well. Dante Foreman, Hilliard, McNichols, they're just not getting the, the job done. So I know the Titans last week got the shutout win, but it was 20-0 against the Jaguars. The Jaguars, who literally overnight, past midnight their time, fired their coach. The Titans won the turnover battle 4 to nothing. They had 37 minutes of possession. And they averaged only 3.8 yards per play against the terrible Jaguars defense with the ball all game long. You could have do much better than that. Like, I'm not impressed by beating the Jaguars 20 to nothing when you have everything in your favor and you still can't do much. Their offense, Titans have averaged 17 points a game the last four weeks. They haven't scored 24 in a month since the week after Derrick Henry got hurt. So that, that leads me to my next question. And the foreshadow answer is... We know that there's injuries in this game. We got T.J. Watt and Highsmith are are question marks, a bit limited for Pittsburgh. That's big. Joe Hayden still is a question mark. We know Tennessee's corners and receivers have been banged up. Who do you think is the most important injury question mark in this game for either team? I think right now it's T.J. Watt. He rushes the quarterback, and he's he's the game changer for the Steelers. So if he's not playing, I don't know how you back the Steelers at all. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, although I think that we probably both agree that we expect him to play. You know, just a, a tough guy like Watt is going to get out there and at least try to give it a shot. This isn't really a fair answer, I guess, per se. It's not really a question mark. We know he's not playing. But to me, this is a game that you miss Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, against the way the Steelers' run defense is just a sieve right now, Derrick Henry would put up like 200 yards in this game. Like this, the Titans would be a touchdown favorite if Derrick Henry is playing because. He would have run all over this awful run defense. Without him, I don't know. I don't know what the Titans offense is going to do. And then I come back to all the Mike Tomlin trends. This is why I like Pittsburgh here. So I've said the trends. Let's do them again. Mike Tomlin is an underdog. 43-22-2 against the spread. 66%, 5-3 this year, underdog against the spread. Week 5 forward, Mike Tomlin's underdog status goes to 35-13 and 13 against the spread. 72% hit rate. 49% ROI in the money line. Even better at home where Pittsburgh is this game. Mike Tomlin, Steelers, 13-3-2 against the spread at home. 13-3. Like, that's a one-seed team against the spread as a home underdog. 81%. They've won the last five outright as a home underdog. 
and 80% money line hit rate as a home dog. So I like Steelers at plus two and a half when it came out. It hasn't really moved much, but I noticed it's starting to inch that way. I don't think the Steelers are going to be underdogs when this one kicks off. So grab the Steelers plus two if you can get it out there still. Take them at plus one. I don't really need to play the money line here because we're not getting too much better advantage there. But I like Pittsburgh a lot here. Yeah, I mean, it seems the market agrees with you. And actually, Circa just went to a pick them today. This line is pretty much all over the place. The Titans are one in certain places. I see twos in the market. I can't argue with you. It's a close match and they can go either way. Much of this line is influenced by the Steelers' comeback against the Vikings because they were just getting completely dominated last week. And you have to wonder if they didn't come back and make it a game in the fourth quarter, what would this line be? So I think a lot of that, some of that has snatched away some of this value from this line. So I'm staying away. That's true. But we've seen that with the Steelers too. We saw them get blown out by the Bengals. We saw them get blown out most of the game against the Vikings. But Pittsburgh just doesn't die. You know, they, they come back and they show up again in the next underdog spot. So I like them here. I'm also going to throw out Pittsburgh at some books is 15 to one in the division. I just think that division is up for grabs. Like Baltimore is the favorite. Baltimore is in the lead, but we don't know what Lamar Jackson's going to give you down the stretch. And Baltimore has a really rough schedule playing Green Bay this week. They've got other tough games up ahead. Cleveland has a COVID outbreak and hasn't been reliable all year. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow is injured. We're going to talk about them in a second. I don't have a lot of faith in Cincinnati. I don't have much faith in Pittsburgh either. I just think that they have a shot. They're going to be in this, especially they got to win this game, I think. But if they win this game, they play at the Chiefs. They probably don't win that one, but they can win the division even losing against the Chiefs next week. They close out against the Browns and the Bengals. Or sorry, the Browns and the Ravens. They can win those too and might even have a chance to control their destiny down the path here. So I like that 15 to one. If you follow me on the app, you saw that I actually put in a crazy division of parlay bet. So some books right now are allowing you to parlay division odds. I think that that is lunacy. There's four weeks left. These are not independent events. Divisions odds have to do with each other. So for example, we talked about the Colts Patriots. We're talking about this game. If the Colts win on Saturday night, the Bills control their destiny in the division because the Bills can beat the Patriots next week. So that is a huge flip for them. And if the Colts win and the Titans lose here to the Steelers, suddenly that division, the, the Colts-Titans matchup is very close. So, and the Steelers have a leg up in their division as well. So I put in a Buffalo Bills, Indianapolis Colts, Pittsburgh Steelers division parlay, all three of them. I got that at 685 to one. So let's go. Let's get crazy and have a little fun with a 685 to one. I threw the Rams in there on one of them as well which put us over 5,000 to one. These are crazy odds, which tell us that is very likely not going to happen, but the odds are crazy in our favor, despite the long numbers. So play around with some of those long division odds. You might be able to find something interesting there. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. I'll take the not mad at it. That's about as good as I'm going to get on that one. Let's do our third game here. We said Cincinnati. We're coming back to that one here. Bengals at Broncos. Uh, this was one that I was on the look ahead. I had Denver at plus three a week ago today when we did our podcast. Another one where the line has moved a ton. Denver is now two and a half point favorites rather than three point underdogs. We got a lot of line value there this season that hasn't gone very well. <laughs> We've been the lines have been more accurate on opening than closing lines, but hopefully we're on the right side here. Why do you think the line has moved so much on this one? Is this just people betting on Denver? 
actually don't understand this this number at all. And look, I know a lot of people like to talk about Teddy covers, but he's only six and six as a favorite the last two seasons. So this is not a guy who is truly elevating his team. He's really relying on his defense. And when you look at the matchup between these two teams, I think the, the key to this game rests on the Bengals' run defense. They haven't allowed a team to rush for more than 100 yards in their last four games. And I think you do that this week against Teddy Bridgewater and this Broncos offense, which is kind of really conservative. You're relying on Bridgewater. And then when you look on the other side of the ball, the Broncos are just 25th in DVOA against the run, which means that Mixon can have a big day. And I think the one thing that we saw last week is that Joe Burrow, even though he had some problems with his, his pinky finger, he was able to make big plays. And I think he'll be able to do that this week. And especially as he, if he has the running game going and they're a little bit more aggressive, I personally like the Bengals in this spot. I think it's gotten up to plus three. I'll be all over the Bengals this week. Yeah, this for me is similar. I'm here where you are on the other couple of games we talked about, which is I just think this is a, a coin flippy game. I think these teams are extremely well matched. Like just look at some of the metrics by DVOA. Denver is 18th in season long DVOA. Cincinnati is 19th, dead even. When Cincinnati's on offense, the Bengals are 21st offensively. The Broncos are 21st defensively. When Denver is on offense, Denver is 12th offensively. Cincinnati is 12th defensively. But you literally can't get more evenly matched than this. So I, I've been watching this line because, it, again, it looks like it might get to plus three, maybe. If it does, I'm sitting on a Denver plus three ticket. I might just grab the Cincinnati plus three ticket and possibly have a good chance at a middle there. We get a close game. We've seen a lot of these one and two point games this season. Uh, do you ever play the middle like that? Would you do a plus three on each side and just, you know, use the, the vig to kind of let it ride and hope you get uh, cash both? Oh, yeah, I've definitely done that. I, I think that's something that you, you see a lot of guys do all the time. And then, like, there's times where, look, the three and a half is so valuable in today's NFL. You'll see people grab the three and a half and come back and lay two and a half. So uh, a six-point middle through the zero, that's, that's huge. So. Yeah, so I might be doing that here. If I'm a fresh better on this game right now, I think that my best play right now is the Bengals' money line at a plus 130, just because I think it's mostly a coin flip. And if you give me plus 130 on effectively a coin flip, that's going to be my best play. So uh, I, I would think about that one if I'm coming in fresh here. I agree. I was going to point out the Teddy covers uh, stats as well. Teddy's ATS has been great but he's better when he's as an underdog. He's almost invincible that way. And he's almost invincible on the road, but this is as a home favorite. And so I, I think, you know, what the trends are, the, the trends are the trends. We can't argue with them. He's actually only 13 and 11 against the spread in games where the spread is under a field goal like this one. So this, that doesn't mean that he's terrible here, but it does mean that you got to kind of throw those Teddy covers angles out a little bit. Uh, I looked at the under here. Denver's unders, we know how crushed this season. Denver is 10 and three to the under, but the line's at 44. Cincinnati hasn't gone under 44 since week three. So th this is just a toss up to me. I don't, I'm not going to be heavily on either side here, but I, I might end up just on that middle like we talked about. Yeah, I think one, one big trend that you always got to look at, and I think it, it, it applies to all three of these games, short road dogs of three or less 
are 23 and 10 against the spread. That's 70% against the spread this season. That hasn't come down to earth yet. So I think we're going to see one or two of these, these dogs that we covered in this, this podcast that they covered. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, these, these are toss-ups. We'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about some of these games again on Sunday. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor before we make a few best bets. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, week 15 best bets. Like usual, we're just going to give you the the 30-second radio show update here. We've got these picks in on the app at actionnetwork.com on social, so check for more details there. Raheem, what is your first best bet for week 15? My first best bet is the Cleveland Browns team total under 19 and a half. The Browns are missing everybody, and I mean everybody. You're missing (laughs) right guard Wyatt Teller. You're missing left tackle Jedrick Wills. You're missing... (laughs) Austin Hooper, Baker Mayfield. And while I do believe that Case Keenum probably is an upgrade over Baker as with him dealing with his injuries, when you're missing all of these guys around him, I don't know how this team's going to be able to score points. Look, the Browns have scored 17 or less points in seven of the last eight games. They, they couldn't score in the entire second half against a decimated Ravens secondary and probably one of the best scheduling spots that we've seen in the last 10, 20 years. So I don't know how they score in this matchup. They don't even have head coach Kevin Stefanski and assistant coach Ryan Cordell this weekend. So I'm taking their team total under 19 and a half. Yeah, that one's on Saturday. It's a big one for the playoff race. So whoever is out there will have to be watching and see what happens there. I'm going to Sunday night. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints plus 11 on the road at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, we know the Bucs offense has been awesome, but the Saints defense has been very good too. And they just have really had Tom Brady's number in this matchup. Three regular season matchups against Tom Brady at the Bucs. And the Saints have won all three by 11 points or more. So they just, the defense knows how to slow this offense down. But the thing that did it for me is we know Tampa Bay's run defense has been absolutely elite. And how can the Saints do anything in offense when their whole thing is built around the run with Taysom Hill? 
Here's the problem. Bucks defense, bottom five EPA against the run over the last six weeks. So teams are actually getting to them on the run. Only 17th in DVOA on, on the run for the whole season. So teams keep not running on Tampa. I think it's time to run. It's, the Saints don't really have any choice but to run. New Orleans this season with Alvin Kamara and left tackle Taron Armstrad in the lineup, which they are now. New Orleans is 6-2 and two with wins against the Packers, the Patriots, and these Buccaneers. So I'm taking the Saints plus 11. Taysom Hill starts have gone under five of six games. So if you're under, that's another reason that the game stays closer. But I'm going to sprinkle the, the money line as well. Plus 400. I think the Saints have better than a 20% implied chance to win this game outright. It would really spoil things for Tampa's one seed chase. It would really spoil things for my Tom Brady MVP ticket. Uh, I think it's kind of the last hurdle here. The Saints are just a matchup problem, and I like them here. I like the underdog Sunday night. The Saints have had their number for the entire Tom Brady and Tampa Bay era, so I'm, I'm not mad at it. I'm a little scared of it just because I don't. I just don't think Taysom Hill is going to be able to throw the ball, and at some point, I, I think Tom is going to be able to get their number. But from a numbers perspective, I totally get it. All right, what's your next uh, second or best bet for Week 15? Okay, so they just announced that it's looking like Lamar Jackson's a long shot to play. He missed practice once again. But not only did he miss practice, you have five Ravens offensive linemen who didn't practice Thursday, including three starters. The defense, a a, a secondary replacement level guys out there. And you got to deal with Aaron Rodgers. I know Aaron Rodgers is a little banged up, but this line's sitting at five and a half now. I think you're going to see this number go up to six, maybe seven. So I want you guys to go grab that as soon as possible. As soon as you guys hear this, you need to go grab that because it's likely that Lamar Jackson is going to be announced out. And then even if he does play, I'm going to be honest with you, even if Lamar Jackson plays, he's not going to be able to run. He has a high ankle sprint. So the last thing you want is Lamar Jackson out there and he can't run. So you're looking at Huntley against Aaron Rodgers, and I think you got to take this all day. Yeah, I I, uh, really like the Packers here. I want to talk about this game, but we just didn't know about Lamar Jackson coming in. There's two key mismatches here. Baltimore's run attack against a bad Green Bay run defense. That's a big mismatch, but it's it's based on the quarterback. And Lamar Jackson is the run attack. So whether he plays or is banged up, that's not going to be the same. But the other mismatch is, which is Baltimore's terrible secondary and Aaron Rodgers lighting up. So that's going to be there. I like the Packers. I I grabbed the minus five and a half already. So I agree with you on that one. My last one is just to hold your nose, look away and get your money in Houston Texans plus five at Jacksonville. Goodbye, Urban Meyer. See you never. I'm a little worried that maybe Jacksonville just comes out fired up that they finally got rid of the Grinch that stole their season. But if you look at these teams, they're just bad. They're bad at everything except the one unit on this field that will be good is Houston's defense. They've been near top 10 DVOA the whole season. Jaguars are not playing well. Texans have owned Houston. They've won seven in a row. Uh, sorry, Texans have owned Jaguars. They've won seven in a row over Jacksonville in 13 of the last 15. So this line of the money's coming in on Jacksonville, I guess. I don't know. Maybe there's something I'm seeing here. Maybe it's a trap, but I'm just going to step into it. Texans plus five. Texans plus 170 to the money line. Listen, I've only told you to back the Texans twice on this podcast, and that's the two wins that they've had. So I'm going for three here, see if Houston can sweep the Jaguars and ruin their number two draft pick. But that is my other best bet for this week. Am I crazy to even play this game at all? 
I'm personally staying away from it, but I do find it interesting that the market thinks that Urban Meyer is worth two points to the spread. We saw this line go from three and a half to five and a half. That's crazy to me. I, I just, I know we do see, we tend to see teams try to bounce back when they lose their coach, but that's, that's kind of, that's a lot to me. So I understand why you would want to come back and take the Houston Texans, but I'm staying away from it. Interestingly enough, I'm going with, we're going to do the hot read week 16. Look at headline. Hot rock. Blue 17. Nice rights. Ice cream. Jose. Blue the Raiders. I like the Jaguars plus one and a half against the New York Jets. If the, the Jaguars can close at four and a half, five, point favorites against the Texans, then there's no way in the world that they should be plus one and a half on the road against the New York Jets. We're talking about, we really don't have too much home foot advantage in the NFL these days. And you look at the Jets, they're banged up, like straight up. They don't have, they don't have Elijah Moore. They don't have Corey Davis. Zach Wilson is, is terrible. And I think the Jaguars can get to the quarterback and cause them some problems. And Look, this Jets defense is horrible. I know they got Robert Salah, but he doesn't have the ball players. The Jaguars offense should be able to get rolling. Trevor Lawrence should probably have one of his best days of his career next week. So I'm going with the Jags plus one and a half. Honestly, I won't be surprised if they close as a favorite. And that is a lot of Jacksonville talk. Thanks so much, Urban Meyer, for making us talk about the Jaguars for like four minutes there. Uh, I'm going to, with my look ahead, I'm going back to the Colts, and I'm going to take Indianapolis next week. Right now, plus four on the road at Arizona. And I'm backing them with the same logic that we like on New England. I just think it's actually the right logic this time. I think Indianapolis wins this game in the trenches. Cardinals run defense has been really poor lately. Teams are able to run on them and the Colts are healthy. They're going to run the ball in this game. They're going to control the clock. I like the Colts on defense. They play just very good fundamental defense. I think that's a good way to attack this uh, Cardinals attack that can kind of, you know, go for the little glitchy sort of stuff. DeAndre Hopkins is out. We know about the late season Cliff Kingsbury thing. Maybe that's not real, but it wasn't pretty on the Monday night. Here's the key. I want to grab this number now plus four because either the Colts lose on Saturday night and now you're playing for your season. This your desperation mode and you have to win this game. So you've got that factor or the Colts win beat New England, and this line moves, and we lose the key number. So either way, I want the plus four right now. I will probably play the money line as well. I like Indy on the road at Arizona next week. Arizona has been playing above their level the whole year, so I get it. I like it. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for another episode of Strong Side Fridays. Don't forget to download the app. If you haven't yet, you follow all of our picks there, and please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. Check out Stucking Raybon Six Pack and Bonus Six Pack. If you're listening to this on Friday morning, later on Friday afternoon, Stucking Raybon are back with a little extra 20 minute podcast giving you the rest of their six pack with all this weird COVID news. We're getting some late picks out this week, trying to do the best we can to get you the latest lines. Raheem and I are back first thing Monday for your ear holes, giving you all the update of what happened with all these crazy Saturday and Sunday games. So for Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson. This has been the Action Network podcast. Enjoy your weekend.